My name is Abigail Kelly. I'm with Kat, and I'm with Allie, and it's the bookseller episodes. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are we feeling? How are we feeling? Are we doing okay? Frisky. Are we breathing? Mm. Well. That was a rough. That was a rough start. It was a great start. <laughs> uh, so this is a. Uh, this <clears throat> is going to be a two-parter. Because I feel like, well, there's just, there's no conceivable way that the three of us will be able to talk in any sort of linear fashion. Um, True. Just knowing us. Um, and but the past I, uh, 10 minutes of conversation. It's just been, it's, it's, uh, it, it's been pure chaos. Uh, but I did want to say, um, I want this episode to be um, kind of... I keep saying this one's going to be kind of weird. Like, I don't just do whatever the fuck I want in this podcast. I'm going to stop saying that. <laughs> this is just whatever I want. Uh, so well, this is a listener request, actually. I didn't think anyone really wanted to hear about this, but I got contacted by somebody on Twitter, Anne, um, who, who was like, hey, uh, you talked a little bit about book selling in your Faye episodes. Um, is there any way you could, like, talk more about that? Is, can you do a podcast about that? And I was like, I can do you one better. I can do two podcasts on that. Uh, and get, <laughs> milk my friends for more content. Ooh, I don't just, like that verb. Just, just tug on those content udders one at a time. It's even better on video. Too bad no one can see you. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy the facial expressions and the um, hand expressions. 10 out of 10. Yes, yes. You you do miss these at work, Allie. My facial expressions are pretty choice. Yeah, yeah. I... I'm so sad about that, considering that 90% of the facial expressions that are choice are you roasting me. They they do. They really play an integral part of, of the roasting. It's about 70%, frankly, and it really does distress me. I have to make up for it in sheer quantity of roasting. But but uh, yeah, if I can't make my little face, then it's, it's oh, man. worthless. Should that be the new face of the podcast? Absolutely. There isn't... There isn't a face on the podcast. It is just a hand. Yeah. Well, now we need to change it. It needs to be that expression. Just, it needs to be a hand with that expression. Or should it be my little, I'm a little stinker I hate it face. so much. I will kill you. Either way, you can start an OnlyFans and make some money for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Hey, you know what would be, I think, the most crushing thing in the world <laughs> is starting an OnlyFans and then having fucking no one on it. <laughs> Seriously, though. <laughs> Oh, that man. would be brutal. I, I take enough uh, shit kicking uh, uh, from the fact that I have a podcast. I do not need. And also, I'm an unpublished romance writer. I, I don't need more. Almost Thank unpublished. You. That's You're true. Getting almost. There. Ladies no, and gentlemen. Getting there. So close. There. Yeah. So book selling. What's that about? Good question. Wait, are you going to gonna, are you gonna do the like uh, question for Allie? What? So basically, oh, oh, I should do the question oh, for Allie. You're no. right. Allie's new in the podcast. Yeah, Allie, Allie, uh-huh. question time, baby. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about romance novels? I enjoy them. But it depends. Riveting. Thanks. Okay. I, that's my whole answer. That's all you get. <laughs> now, mm. now, that you've, now that you've given me sarcasm and sass, that's it. That's it. We're, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have trouble on this podcast if that's where you shut down. <laughs> After all you've taken to, this is like the least. Yeah, the least I know. It was, it was the last straw. 
yeah, no, I enjoy romance novels. I read, uh, I definitely just said novels. Um, I read them when I was younger. I still read them now. I am a little bit picky. Um, yeah, I usually read contemporary romance novels just because I uh, haven't gotten into the subgenres that I didn't even know existed. Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, my God. I the, know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you going to kill me? I'm going to throw you out of a window. <laughs> well, you're already planning I don't know. On- You'll, you won't know which one. Well, but it's coming. Is this before or after you eat both my lungs and chew them up like gum? When did you tell her that? <laughs> Recently. <laughs> oh, that's great. That one should be written down. I think that's one of my favorites. <laughs> she said she would eat them one by one. And I said, there's only two that I know of. That's not that many. <laughs> oh. oh, no. But, but the alternative is that I could cram them both in my cheeks like a chipmunk and chew really hard. <laughs> oh, no. And then, and then she sent me a gif. You guys, oh, you're I'm breaking the microphone. I'm laughing too loud. <laughs> oh, God. Well, this is what happens when we record after 5 p.m. This is trash. Uh, okay, so you... God damn it, Allie. Okay. Peace. Please Human don't waste. edit this episode. Just leave it. <laughs> Just leave it. <laughs> Allie... Breathe before you drink your water, please. I'm begging you. <sighs> okay, moving on. Allie, mm-hmm. what's the worst thing about romance novels I've ever said to you? <laughs> oh, God. Why oh. are you going to make me say this on your podcast? Because Wait, it starts something? with an S and it ends with a plooch. <laughs> you don't like sploosh? <laughs> and, then sh- and then she said... But but something about there's things about nutritional content, and then the quantities of it. <laughs> so I read a book yesterday. Oh, and she talked about sparkly ones, sparkly splooches. Yes, sparkly antibody splooches. Yes, oh. it had antibodies. Well, that's just lovely. What what's wrong with exactly. that? Exactly, with the texture of Cool Whip. Right, texture Ooh, was another cool one. Whip. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> let's let's talk texture. Let's uh, not, please. Oh God, I was reading an alien romance yesterday <laughs> that was with a scorpion man, and Ooh, he could so finely regulate uh, the like chemicals of his body and like produce like venoms and stuff that he could also produce a nutrient slurry for his mate. <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going. Nutrient nutrient slurry that- was fully sustained her does it come out of his his you know it do (laughs) wait why would he have to sustain her so they can just have sex like like 24 7 no they were trapped in the desert they were trapped they were they were trapped in like an alien facility on the run and there was only raw eels raw alien eels okay so she instead she was like i can't eat that he's like well you need to eat something and he like was like, how about this? And waved it around a little. (laughs) (laughs) I I would honestly much rather he had come up with some sort of, like, chemical reaction that could, like, like, 
drive her libido See, higher, you know, something like when, that? When, I mean, he does do that. He does do okay, that. But no, the thing is, when, when the f- concept was first introduced, my first thought was he was going to feed her like a mama bird. Yeah. And that was <laughs> worse. Much, much worse. Yeah, it's a little much worse. worse. Open up, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so which part of him is Scorpion? Which part of him is... <laughs> Most of him Ouch. is Scorpion, but he's in the shape of a man's. But, yeah. He's got, like, movable, like, body plates and, like, is stingers. His, is his penis And four arms. Is his, and pincers. Is his penis man-shaped? It's... Mm, I don't think I actually want the answer to this. <laughs> it is fallacy shaped if that so it's shaped like lies wait so it's shaped like lies is what you're saying and it extrudes oh no does it have its own stinger no i hate this it has well no Uh well no so i read contemporary romance novels and one of the worst things that i ever read (laughs) hey hey one of the worst things I ever read was when a man's erection was described as looking like a butternut squash. So you can see why I'm a little traumatized when I talk to Abigail. Actually, this, so Abigail, your podcast and Allie, you reading that book prompted a, a conversation between oh. me and almost everyone I know. Mm. <laughs> who, who then uh, we had to discuss if, if your penis was a vegetable, what vegetable would it be? <laughs> And just so yeah. you know, B said a twisted purple carrot. <laughs> You're welcome. That's now forever in your mind. <laughs> it's very good. That's right? very good. What See, would... I would have chosen daikon radish. Ooh, oh, oh, very pointy exotic. and extremely large. Oh, I like that. You betcha. Yeah, Multiple Abigail would. Abigail points. would. Crispy. Oh, okay. Crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing. <sighs> I think my favorite Delicious pickled. <laughs> Actually, that's true. <laughs> I do love pickled daikon radish. That's great pickle. I'm glad you've come to this conclusion for yourself, Allie. Thank you. <laughs> now you should... What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, we were doing the intro... Booksellers. Booksellers. So <laughs> we were doing booksellers. Allie, you had romance. to ask me a question. You asked me... I mean, the actual yes. romance that I like is like romance that is included in books that are not actually romance like i read contemporary romance because i know that it's going to be sweet there's not going to be a whole host of different sexy things happening that involve scorpion man penis weak <laughs> yes agree and i am in it because- fucking lucky he didn't have multiple penises it could have been so much worse for you Ugh, that's fun. true then you would have had to discuss that with me when we worked together the sequel is about a Kraken man with many, many tentacles. Okay, so, yeah, that's, know. okay, yeah. But then, like, I enjoy romance that is included in other books that, like, like I'm reading sci-fi or I'm reading fantasy, and there is also a romance included, so it's sort of a romance novel, but not really a romance novel, because it's really about, you know, saving the world in a spaceship. Am I the only one who reads this shit for the sex? Because you two are like, oh, the romance, and I'm like, meh. I just want to read about a good dicking, okay? Yes. Why is that so hard? <laughs> I mean, that's that's not unreasonable. Like, yeah. I mean, being being a woman in the world is difficult and and sexually speaking, and there's a lot of people out there whose 
It is as much a fantasy to live in a world where you could encounter an alien as is, as it is to get laid in a satisfying way. And that's the sad fact of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. There you go. Uh, I mean, you're not it's, wrong. It's, it's it's not, you know, it's not why I read romance novels, but it's also not not why I read romance novels. Like, now I get to the point where, like, I read a romance novel that doesn't have as much sex in it, and I'm like, what happened? Did I miss something? <laughs> and there's and there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, I've just become so thoroughly desensitized to, as Allie put it, a good dicking that I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was taken off guard. Yeah, seriously, uh, though. But... I mean, you really have at this point, like, you, were, you weren't always reading romance as aggressively or in much volume as you no. are right now. And then I decided to make it my job. Yes. And, yes. and you yeah. sound like you regret it, except I know you don't, in part because I don't you know get for a minute, nah. so much glee from torturing me. Yeah. Ollie, what about what about my passions? What about my 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 <laughs> desire to share with you this walk of life on which we're headed? What about about that is so disturbing to you. I want you to tell me right now to my virtual face. The amount of glee that you get in describing different splooge patterns, the 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 gleeful I'll look in your that. little goblin eyes. I don't even have to see the bottom half of your damn face to know that it doesn't matter exactly the wording you use. You just get glee from Looking over at me and calling me daddy every once in a while. <laughs> but daddy. Oh, man. It's so much yes, I fun do. to torture you both. See, Yeah, Kat, you're really missing out. Listeners, I'm not, you don't know, but um, eventually the three of us will be together again. It just hasn't happened yet. And then I'm not sure whose life I will make worse. We'll start mine, with Allie and then work mine. on abs. Yeah, It's mine because I know that the yeah. two of you are going to band together to destroy me. We might, actually. I didn't really think about yeah. that. A little but, bit, like, we little might. bit yeah. actually. Yeah. You know how I yeah. sent you that picture of war with grandma? Grandma loses the war. <laughs> <laughs> From great grandma? Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, I, you know, here's I'm the thing the is that <laughs> is that. You're also probably, even if Kat and I don't turn our combined forces upon you, I always and forever will turn my my roasting onto Kat because it fills me with great joy. That's I true. love to do it. And 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 Kat, you 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 do love it. You do love yes, it. Yes. I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And I have a feeling that when that happens, when Kat and I start throwing verbal spitballs at each other, Allie, you're going to be in the corner kind of like covering your ears like, Daddy, don't mommy, Daddy, don't fight. If you think that I will in any way, shape or form ever call you Daddy on purpose, you are so incorrect. Thank you for that challenge. I do accept it. I feel like Allie is just going to actually end up siding with you, Abs, and then you're both going to be tied up in the closet. It won't hurt you. I mean, on one hand, kinky, and on the other hand, that is not a COVID-safe activity. That's fine. We'll be vaccinated by then. Hopefully. Can we talk about book selling? Since what? we're already talking I about tying people I up in closets. I don't know what that is. I mean, I, like, I feel like situationally, working in a bookstore right now does kind of feel like being tied up in a closet in the dark. Mm. That is very true. Um, I thought 
so since this is a two-parter, I figured we would need to get all of our wiggles out in this one. I thought for this one, we would just kind of talk about our individual journeys to bookselling and because they're all broadly kind of similar, actually, um, but different in, in interesting ways. And then in the second part, we could actually talk about how bookselling works because I was trying to think about how bookselling works. And then I, I couldn't actually think of an explanation other than get books, give, give book, take money. Because uh, I don't do any <laughs> I mean, of the buying. <laughs> that so for sure I, is what bookselling is at its, at its core. Like, I know how book, to take money. sell a book, but I don't know how to, like, get a book into store besides make email to 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 wholesaler maybe uh so i thought we could like talk about like and also i realized that we have i horrifyingly to me because there's so much pressure there are a fair amount of authors who listen to this podcast and i think it would be really interesting to kind of discuss the ways that i think maybe we can brainstorm or just discuss like how to how we can help facilitate smaller authors sales especially like indie and and self-published like what we look for you know i know that i have my own experiences with like how why i sell books of certain authors that we've met how i do a pitch differently when i've met the author um particularly if it's self-published and stuff um and a lot of these romance novels or these romance novelists are not they they don't even really bother to have their books in print because I think they they they, they don't have booksellers to help them sell those books, right. right? It's a lot harder to sell a non-digital copy when you're self-published. So I thought we could talk about that in the next one. In this one though, we're just gonna go on a little little journey, a little walk down memory lane. And I thought we'd start with um I was gonna say we're gonna start with Cat because because Cat's been a bookseller I think longest, but I think it's not right. I think no, it's I, I think, think it's I've Allie. been the bookseller the longest. Yeah. So all right, go off, Grandma. <clears throat> yeah. How Thank long? You. How long have you been? Since I was like twelve. Started or something selling crazy. books when I was twelve. Yeah. I mean, sixteen. What? No, it's totally legal. <laughs> um. So I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations is over on this, and it doesn't matter because the bookstore doesn't exist anymore. But when I was a kid, I used to take the bus home uh, from school when I was in middle school, and I went past a bookstore every day that was my um, – it was actually originally my local bookstore when I was a child, uh, and then we moved to a different neighborhood, and it wasn't technically my local bookstore um, anymore, but it was still sort of local in that I uh, – took the bus past it every day and I would wander into the bookstore every single day and I would look at all the books that I wanted and I would salivate over them and I one day so Paula and I tell this differently I tell it as one day I had this book that I really really wanted and I'm pretty sure that it was uh the first book in the Bartimaeus trilogy and I picked it up off the shelf and I would go in every day and I would look through it and I would like reread the inside flap and I would carry it around the bookstore with me because I really, really wanted this book. Such a good book. One day, I forgot that I was carrying the book and I left the bookstore. Forgot. And then I got about four blocks away and I realized I was carrying this book and I thought, I'm going to jail. (laughs) So I ran back to the bookstore and I went up to the counter and I said, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to. This is your book. I'm so sorry. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I'm 
I think that was what got me remembered by Paula. Paula says that I used to, when I was wandering around staring at all the books that I wanted, talk to the other customers and be like, oh my gosh, that book is so good. You should totally buy it. I think that's exactly what happened. I don't even need to you be probably, there to know that. I think both of those things happened. Those <laughs> those sound like stories. <laughs> that, yeah. thinks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's possible that it was a mixture of both. Um, but she says that I did that enough and people ended up taking my word enough that eventually, and I was there almost every day after school, eventually she came up to me and she said, hey, do you want to just work here? Sometimes I'll pay you in books. And I said, fuck yeah, that sounds like the best thing ever. So I worked for that bookstore for about three years. And I worked like two hours on a Friday and like three hours on a Saturday or Sunday. And I started with just dusting and then I did shelving and I ended up moving on to wrapping, which is why I am decent oh, pretty decent at rapping coveted position of rapper yes <laughs> um and uh then i moved on to uh actually inputting books into this like i would do receiving as like a 13 and 14 year old <laughs> on an old old system where you had to manually enter the isbns every single isbn you had to manually type in it was insane um scanners existed back then we didn't Not have one. Old. We didn't have one. Shocking. Of course, why make your life easier? Kai, Kai, you can't say shit. Honestly, like all book, all bookstores are like forty years I behind yeah. in like retail tech. No, yeah. Like the idea of a bookstore having one of those like fancy like iPad turnaround things like like blows my mind because there's no way there's yeah. no way we'll have that when everyone else is using like rfid chips in their eyeballs to pay for Seriously. Yeah. libraries are further ahead of bookstores and <laughs> i'm not i'm not knocking libraries libraries are absolutely wonderful but they usually can't afford the newest technology because they're public institutions so the fact that bookstores are behind that hilarious anyways that's where i started um i ended up uh when paula left um, I ended up going back in and they kept saying, oh, we don't need you. We don't need you today. We don't need you today. And so I kind of got fired, but not really fired. Um, and then I didn't work in bookstores for a while um, until I was, I think, the summer before college. My mom was like, you got to get a job. So I went and I took my resume and I just wandered around and was like, hey, are you hiring? Um, and I wandered into Phoenix Books, and I got a job at Phoenix Books. Um, and it just continued on from there. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. So cool. Such a cool story. I love that that started with, with just you being an overeager little, little nugget. Stealing uh, a book. <laughs> stealing a book. I um, didn't mean to. Oh, but you did. And that's going to follow you all the way to, to, to the afterlife, bud. That was the first book that I asked for as like my payment too. Because I, I got really paid like, yeah, sure, take it. You got your grubby little thief paws all over it. Don't mind anymore. Just to just to blurb the series, it's the uh, Bart- Bartimaeus, right? Mm-hmm. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus series by Jonathan, Jonathan Stroud. It's and really, the first really one, good. it's so good. 
The first one is the Amulet of Samarkand. Yeah. I couldn't remember it. One of the reasons it's so great is it has this demon as sort of the narrator, except he narrates mostly through these footnotes. So you have the story that's being told. And every once that was the first book I ever read where there were footnotes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And every once in a while, like (laughs) the first story, it would have been much worse if it had been like the House of Falling Leaves. Oh, God. No, uh -uh, we're not talking about that book. That's I can't. No. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the first book that I experienced footnotes and I was like, what the fuck is this? But what it was, was a snarky and hilarious demon who would make asides about the story and be like, actually, every once in a while. And as a 12 year old, that was the shit. And then I read the last book and I cried a lot, but that's okay. Emotions are good for you. Happy ending all around. I don't know. I don't know. I like to shove mine down deep into a really tight ball. You're you're a romance novelist. You write about emotions. I write about other people's emotions. I don't need to address mine. We're fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Kat. Kat, how'd you become a bookseller? Um... How did I? I I skipped a lot of school. Catalina. Yes. I mean, I was basically a truant since middle school. Um, I. God, Kat, it's so wild because like you're such a workaholic and like dedicated to what you do and like would rather like work until you fucking just become a a, a, a jerkied husk. Um, but like. <laughs> You you it's were true. such a wild child. Like every time you tell me a story, and you're like, "Oh yeah," and and you know, like like you do when you're like 21, you go off and get absolutely snooted in the back of some dude's car, and then you walk <laughs> a mile in the dark in the middle of cornfields, and then you you oh, you wake up in, in a Starbucks bathroom all by yourself. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yeah, sure, that's what we do when we're 21." I f- yeah. For my Honestly. 21st birthday, I went to the Exploratorium in San Francisco which is a children's science museum i went to denny's <laughs> and that's it that's the story <laughs> actually by the time i was 21 i had i had relatively calmed down but you guys have to remember i i left high school when i was 15 and like i had all this freedom and i was the last you know my parents retired by the time because i was the youngest kid so they're like you seem like you're smart enough to not die so you'll be okay incredible how many brain cells did you fry i a lot but you never know but the it's fir- okay because <laughs> brendan's bringing her another cocktail mm-hmm. <laughs> i was actually after um i didn't really get wild until after i got i can't remember mm, i've been you. book selling for over a decade and i i know it started because um, I was in high school and there was a Barnes and Noble about like a mile away from the high school. And I was just not good with anyone telling me what to do. I'm still not great at it, to be honest. Mm. No. I know, right? Really? Weird. That's <laughs> <you> wild. <laughs> so I um I just kept ditching class. And there's actually a security guard who I got to know really well. Like we never talked, but um he would give me a nod and I would give him the nod because I'm not like one of those like seniors trying to like go off and make trouble. He was like, this is a probably very lonely, very like, it's basically a loser skipping class. I'm not going to do anything to her. So he never stopped me. I never bothered him. Um, and I just kept showing up there and reading for the whole day. And, and no one had any idea. Um, 
except for your teachers who well yeah, I must have for... noticed that you were missing <laughs> class eventually my 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 parents got called and they decided that i'm just gonna test out because it's the only way to keep me from like completely failing um and and one of the managers um at the barnes and noble noticed me and um was like hey you're here a lot do you want a job i was like absolutely i do and yeah that is very familiar yeah it's 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 almost like we all kind of have the same story except i think maybe mine was the only intentional one <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's, stratagem. it's funny we all kind of like stalked our respective bookstores i was not stalking I was salivating over the books. <laughs> yeah, that's totally a great distinction to make. You know, it's it's funny. It's a lot of people ask me how you get hired in bookstores, right? Because especially when I started taking over hiring, they're like, "Well, but please tell me how how can I get my thirteen year old daughter hired at a bookstore?" Mm. Have her not be thirteen, first of all. Yeah, first it of worked all, for me. It does. Every bookstore will probably have. Not every, but most bookstores, especially with a neighborhood bookstore, will have one teenager that they hire. Stock monkey. But they only want one. So if there's already one, you're not going to get two. Ask to be holiday help. That's my biggest tip to you. Yeah. Start off as holiday help. Work hard. Be really good and, like, willing to give your time. Again, it's retail. So, like, give your time. That's what they need and you'll get hired. Um, yeah. And and then just, just be – around don't be creepy stalkerish and like ask every five seconds if you want to get hired you should do exactly what abs did which was just beautiful so i almost didn't hire you but then it ended up happening you know here's the thing here's the thing i so i i I will start before i even knew i wanted to become a bookseller because it's integral to this story um i all of a sudden in 2017 i was no longer attending art school. Uh, and then I I also, all of a sudden, desperately needed a job because no one was going to be paying my bills anymore. And I was 22, 21, something like that. Uh, and, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. I all of a sudden have no idea what my identity is outside of being an artist in art school. Um, and also, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I need money. I don't have any skills. I had, I had worked at, at one job. I was a receptionist, receptionist at a travel agency when I was 18 for about six months. It was horrible. Uh, and, and so I, I became a nanny because I liked kids and I've got extremely lucky with that job. Um, fast forward a couple of years. And I had decided that I wanted to be a writer um, after much agony uh, and and uh, a 700 page novel that no one should ever read ever, 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 ever in a million years. Um, and I was like, OK, well, how do I I don't know. I don't know the first thing about that. And being who I am, which is an obsessive um well, full stop. An obsessive is 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 that uh, when I decide to do something, I do it in the most like tactical, like steamroll kind of way. And so I was like, okay, there is a bookstore by my house, sort of by my house. Uh, I'm just gonna go there a lot and just kind of figure out 
what books are about. Uh, and so I, I started going to the bookstore and then I realized that you guys had author events. Now, Kat, this this is this is where you come into the story. Uh, this was Kat's bookstore, her domain. Uh, and and I, I just started showing up a lot. And then next thing the staff at the bookstore knew, I was showing up to every single author event for a year. And then most of the author events for the subsequent year to like nine, 10 months or something after that. Like I went to two out of three after that first year, right? I went to all of them. Literally, I didn't miss one. When I missed one, Susan and Jessica were so worried. They're like, we could, we wanted to call you, but we didn't have your number. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, why is she doing this to herself? And I'm just like some rando, right? Like I'm going to these events that like have nothing to do with me, that have nothing to do with my interests, that are like uh, always, I almost got in a couple of fights with some old ladies at these. Um, yeah, I was always sitting front row and I always got the first question. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> um, I'm insufferable. Uh, and and finally, I very tentatively got the, got the courage to ask Susan, who ran the events. I was like, hey, um, are you? maybe hiring at any point soon um i have some free time and i really want to work with books uh and she was like you want to work here and i was like yes <laughs> and so she said okay well like give us your resume and we'll, we'll put it on file for when we're hiring somebody and i said okay and then i didn't hear from y'all for like four months Oh, I didn't know you gave it to her that early. I must have. You fucking lost my resume. You lost my resume. And Susan had to find me on Twitter. She did tell me this story. It was very funny. And she DM'd me and she was like, hey, we lost your resume. Can you please send it to me in an email? So I kind of stopped going to the bookshop because I was like, well, I am done there. They (laughs) don't don't want me. They don't want me. They've made it very clear. And I don't think I can ever go there again. And I was considering moving, actually, no joke, clear across the country. The day that you called me, I had just had an interview with Smith College over there in Massachusetts, something like that. Oh, I forgot. And they were like, we want you to come. We want you to go to Smith. Uh, And I was like, and so because I my job as a nanny was kind of winding down. And and I basically was at this point where I was like, my best friend was moving and I didn't like my apartment. And I was like, well, fuck it. I don't have a job, really. I might as well just pack up and, and move across the country. Um, and then I got a call from you, Kat. And you were like, hey, can you can you help out with holiday stuff? And I was like, okay. You should and have, so you should hired have chosen Smith. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> just going to say, why the hell did you choose a bookstore job in the holidays over Smith College? <laughs> I probably was so desperate that when you told me that, I was like, oh, thank God. Now I would be like, bitch, go. <laughs> the problem is I would have had to pay for Smith, yeah, that would, oh, which yeah. would have, you, you know, yeah. there was also that. It also moved across the country. It's not going to do much. Um, when you know what you want to do and I really, anyway. I did really want to work at the bookstore, right? Like I, I wanted to do that. I, you know, there's there's this kind of rule of thumb that people try and tell, you know, aspiring publishing professionals and authors and stuff. You know, a lot of people have the same idea that I had, which was like work at a bookstore, learn about the industry. It will somehow segue into one of those things, right? And a lot of people will say like, hey, that's actually not true. There really isn't much segue. I would argue working in a bookstore is like, absolutely 
such an incredible experience as far as like, if you want to know how books sell to actual people, work in a bookstore. Yeah. I we're getting getting an internship at a publishing house will not tell you how these books are actually sold. You have to work in a bookstore. I recommend for like six months, if you can, work in a bookstore. Don't get stuck in a bookstore because it really will not necessarily segue into like a, a publishing position. No, but like it, you should work. No, there. It won't necessarily. It can. You can get sucked can. in and you can stay in, my friends. Yeah. Also, don't just work for six months and like just do it during the holidays. Like be kind to your local bookseller and do it during the holidays. Oh, I would say the learning opportunities are a little bit less during the holidays, though, because things are so frantic. I mean, yeah. And you will just be rapping for most of it. Also, I was so violently ill for almost the entirety of that first Christmas. Do you remember, Kat? I had never worked retail, which you did not know because you did not look at my resume. Neither you nor the other manager, Kevin, fucking looked at my resume. Well, someone lost it, apparently. I then I sent it again. I sent it again. I think yes. I'm not sure this what was is happening very funny for me at the store at that time, but I I do remember being like we we really need to hire someone for holiday help, and it was mm-hmm. Jessica who was like, you know, there is this girl. She used to come to the events all the time. I really like her. She's wonderful. And I was like, great. Who is she? And like, get me her information. And then I think I told Susan, and she's like, I told you about this girl. And I'm like, oh, I. <laughs> No recollection. Sorry. <laughs> I don't listen to you. Sorry. <laughs> well, I was like, I, I just assumed that you hated me. Um, and I had been too As desperate. One does. It's, you know, yeah. of course, just of course. And then, so I was hired and I, I, for, I had never worked retail. I did not know how to use cash register. I never handled monies, uh, let alone like you had to teach me all the book selling stuff. Um, and also I was, profoundly ill with the flu for pretty much the entire holiday season. I started like the week after Halloween or something like that and just plowed through until Christmas working. At that point, I was working seven days a week at the bookshop. Katarina. My nannying job. And also. I didn't uh, Yeah. And also going to school at the same time. And I was super, super sick. So that whole season is a bit of a fugue state for me. I don't quite remember Abigail much of it. Abigail and the year that she got everyone <laughs> sick with the flu. <laughs> Do you remember me sitting in the back in the, like, wrapping paper station and just, like, chugging Theraflu all day? I do. I do remember thinking to myself, I'm like, this bitch better get better, get better because Christmas is coming soon <laughs> and she is not getting time off. <laughs> no. No. I literally – and I was <laughs> – I remember I'd sit on top of the table in between wrapping and I would like have a sweatshirt on and I would just be like taking shooters of straight like hot Theraflu uh, on the weekends every like three hours, whatever I could get away with. Yeah, guys, work work retail. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, retail is anyone who wants to work at a bookstore and, and it's been your dream job. I absolutely encourage you to do so. But remember, at the end of the day, it is retail. Mm hmm. It's got a veneer of like mysticism and respectfulness and like it's its own unique ode book to it, you know? Yeah. Like people come up all the time and they're like, oh, it must be so cool to be a bookseller. And sometimes it, oh, it is. There are some say, really cool parts about being a bookseller. They you get say, to read all the time. Yes. I bet you get to read all the time. Who, if, if you are a person listening to this podcast who has walked up to someone and said, it must be so great to be a bookstore, you get to read all the time. I just don't understand that logic. I'm like, where, where? I'm at when? work. I I'm work. at work. I'm I not, have to I don't work. I get paid to read. 
No. I read in you my get... spare time. And even then, as a buyer, I have to read, but I don't get paid to do it. So Mm-mm. No. I mean, in the sense that I, I guess what they're saying, but not really understanding what they're saying there is that what they mean is you are paid for your expertise about books and that must be cool. But also I think what they're secretly saying is you get free books. That's what they mean. That is true. Right? That is I don't think they necessarily, I don't think if they thought about it for two seconds, they would realize that they don't actually mean you get to read on the job. What they mean is you have access to books probably for free or at least very reduced. How cool is that? You get to work around books every day. I appreciate- There's a certain glamour to that. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like- that's not fully true for everyone, but I like you. No, some people are just them. fucking dinguses. Uh, in, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. I mean, they. I don't know. It is. It is. It is a wonderful job, but yeah, you know, I enjoy holiday, it immensely. Yeah, I don't I, enjoy I've been, the holidays. It's still retail. It. It's still retail. But yeah, holidays. I mean, holidays are not fun. You know that you don't get. You get to do everything you normally do in a day, but you have to do it. Um, ten times faster. faster. Yeah, yeah, ten times faster. And and the one thing with way less elbow room. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you have to smile all the time, just like all constantly time. smiling, oh, just yeah. be happy. But don't stop going to bookstores during the holidays because we're telling you this. Because what people don't understand is that a huge part of bookstores being able to survive and a huge part of a bookstore's profit throughout the year is during the holidays. It is yes. instrumental mm-hmm. to bookstore survival mm-hmm. that our holiday sales are astronomical compared to the rest yeah. of the year because that's yeah. just the way it works. I mean, if you and also want to buy more books during the rest of the year, that would be superb. Also helpful. Yeah. Also helpful. And I, I, think, I think also, here's what I'm going to say. In the next episode, I really, I think we are really going to make the case for why we are essential to this business. I think a lot of people have, there, there's been talk, understandably so, because there's a lot of fear around what's going to happen to bookstores. And so people, and also like with the changing industry of, you know, self-published authors and, you know, self-marketing authors and this like, I don't know, this mishmash of different non-traditional pathways that are starting to open up for better and worse. Um, And I I think in the next episode, we are really going to make a case for why booksellers are integral to the culture of, of books and how we actually are... The dry... I mean, we're influencers. Every day, yes. you and I influence dozens of people, dozens of children... Who will like who bit of bragging, maybe I'm sorry, but I did sell almost sixty-three copies of On Account of the Gum. So Honey, I think it's over sixty-three now. It's gotta be over that. It's gotta be over that. We haven't had it in in forever. Because it's it's a backstock. Yeah. Well, okay. But but I, I, I think that that's a great example, though, because also on top of that, what do you love to sell? You love to sell Howl's Moving Castle more than oh, like anything yeah. ever, even though like I don't fucking get it at I all. Your, your com- sexual compulsion hey, to making sure hey, other people read this book. Don't make it gross. Like, <laughs> that's a children's <laughs> book, you grody, grody lady. <laughs> but if you think about it, what we're doing, what booksellers are doing every time we take a book that we love, that shaped us and we put it in the hands of a child or a teenager and that child comes back or or an adult but i'm talking specifically about children here yeah when they come back and they say i really loved that book can you recommend me a new one what we are making is a lifelong connection to books and to buying books that person is now shaped 
in our image. And that person (laughs) will continue to buy books probably for the rest of their life. Without booksellers, where are they getting that instant connection from? Not the internet, really. No. Librarians. Or it, but if they go to libraries, the if they have access to a library, yeah, that's yeah true. sometimes you don't. I, I definitely my my love of books started with my sister was was grown by a librarian and then finished in a bookstore. Yeah, mine mine was definitely steered by this absolutely totally punk rock babe who worked at the Barnes and Noble by my dad's house. She had like flame red hair and like just like makeup just to the nines and she wore platform spiked shoes and she just she worked at Barnes and Noble and every time I went there she was in the YA section stocking books and I she got to notice me being there and she she was like oh hey like do you want me to help you find something? And I was like so intimidated by this lady. Like I was like, oh my God, she's so much cooler than me. Oh my God, she's such a babe. <laughs> and I'm just 13 year old me, very awkward with my dad. And I want to read romance, but I don't know how to find that. And so she <laughs> she just started like just grabbing books off the shelf and just like, these are my favorites. And then I started coming back to her specifically yeah. to get more books. Now she introduced me to Melissa Marr. She introduced me to Holly Black. She introduced me to Ali Carter. Um, she also tried to get me to read Cracked, which wasn't it? my flavor. What is that? It- it's a it's a <laughs> like broken poetry slash prose book or like series about like teenagers and addiction. Yes. Yeah, oh does, my. She does um a the author God I forget her name. Oh no. She does a lot of those. It's like it's like one word like Cracked or like yeah. like needle. I don't think Needle is no. one of them, but but it's they're really powerful books, but they're very yeah. intense. Yeah, they're they're very intense, and I was like, maybe maybe more fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny because the thing about book book selling and booksellers in general is the stereotype is true. I don't know any bookseller that is a sane person. We're all no. very weird. We are all. Yeah. Not all introverted, but a lot of us are very quiet, and mm. especially we mm. we were as kids. And making a connection with another kid who you see yourself in was a big part of why I wanted to become a bookseller. Is because mm-hmm. it's I best part of the job. Yeah, I like I loved loved that. I love that I would see you know this like shy you know young girl who reminded me of me walk into a bookstore kind of look like they have no idea what they're doing and then someone will walk up to be like, hey, let me guide you to some books. That's the absolute, my favorite feeling in the whole entire world. I, I started off as a children's bookseller because it is so much fun. Like you feel yeah. so good about yourself. I had, I had an encounter uh, a couple of weeks ago where this little girl, she's maybe, maybe 10, yeah, maybe maybe 12. I don't know. Uh, she's with her mom. And I had recommended a book to her. I had recommended Emily Winsnap, which is oh. one of my favorite books of all time. I love that book. I love recommending that book. It's such a good gateway drug to, like, <laughs> urban fantasy to these these kids. I love it. Um, but I, uh, I, I recommended it to her. And I didn't really remember her because I recommend that book to so many people, right? It wasn't – it didn't make a huge impression on me. But she came back with her mom and said, you – you you told me to read Emily Winsnap and I loved it. It was the best book I've ever read. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah. And she goes, yeah. Do you have the next one? I said, no, we don't have it in stock, but I can order it. 
And she's like, okay. And I said, well, did you want to get a book today? And she says, yes, can you pick a book for me? Just so trusting. Absolutely. So I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So I just run back there and I grab three books. And then I come back and she picked a book and she just, every book she's like, oh. And then I showed her the next one. She's like, oh, you know, just like everyone was ecstasies, right? Uh, And then, and then finally I was like, okay. So she picked her book. Um, and then she like put her book down. She looked it up at me. And she goes, "What books do you write?" And I was like, "Oh," huh? and she's like, "What books do you write?" And I and I thought about being like, "I love that in your brain, you connected bookseller and book writer so intimately." Like she I just assumed yeah. that because I worked in a bookstore and I knew about books, that I I had to also write books. <laughs> and so, but of course, I got to honestly answer her and instead was like yes i do write books and she was like (laughs) her question was this is exactly how she worded it can you remember what any of them are about (laughs) (laughs) and i said yes i can and so i gave her the briefest most tame rundown Mm. of the unwhole and I was like, I was like, yeah, I just wrote a book about a, a ghost that's really a vampire that falls in love with a spirit therapist, and they go on a road trip for revenge. And uh, <laughs> that's a great description. And, it's a great. I book. know. I know. Uh, I read and, it. <laughs> gonna make me blush. Um, but uh, she goes, "Can I read it?" And I was like, "Well, it's not out yet. Also, maybe when you're a little bit older." Uh, and, she, and her mom goes, "Like, oh, like how old is it for?" And I was like, "It's it's an adult. It's an adult." and she's like oh she's like well because it sounds like it could be for like any age girl i was like it's not it's not it's not you remember how we were talking about dickings earlier (laughs) there's several dickings in this book podcast Uh, turned (laughs) it got wholesome and then we're back at its roots (laughs) yeah uh but yeah i think that is like that's the best part about book selling to me. I've had now I have like three or four like teenage girls who who come up to me specifically and are like, "You recommended Ali Carter's Gallagher Girl series. What next?" Oh, I love uh, it. And it's 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 great. And I you know it feels like the, I know it's it's really trite to say, but it feels like paying it forward, right? Like yeah. this idea of like I was so changed by these books to know that I can actively continue to change other lives with them and also support the authors. Like that's wonderful. That's a wonderful feeling. Um, but I think that leads to supporting authors, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. Uh, so Allie, what do you, cat, <laughs> Allie cat, uh, <laughs> do you have anything you want to plug here at the end of part one of bodacious booksellers? Uh, Bodacious is, is actually that the name of pretty the t- accurate. That's the name of the episode. I love yes, it. I love it. It's very true, my friends. Very true. Okay, wait, Kat. I actually have a question before we end this. Did you just take a shot just now? No, no. It was a little extra bit of my cocktail that Brendan mm. poured for was me. It? He also secretly brought me but in another was it, one. But was it a shot? Though? Yeah, but was if it it's a in shot, a shot though? glass, no, it was a mixed. It's the end I of his drink. I'm not sure what I'm drinking, to be honest. He didn't tell yeah, me. Yeah, I didn't know what I was drinking when Brendan handed me a, a cocktail the one time that I hung out with at your house with you guys. 
he and drank you a cocktail. A I know. Up- I drank. Did I drink more than one? Oh, honey, you were under the table. I mean, I'm not oh, saying figuratively. God. I mean, literally, I found oh, you her under the, the table. New Year- yeah, the New Year's party. That was very fun. Wait. Um, no, I'm talking wait, about one? the video game party. I'm talking about the video game party where we sat around and played video games and he handed me a drink and I drank one drink and I don't remember anything. Oh, yeah. That so how would you know? Strong. You almost certainly drank more it's than possible. that that night, Allie. Like, there's no way. I also, probably, that is supremely I, funny. The other thing is, is that when you drink, you want to continue drinking, and when we have to actively trick you into <laughs> uh, not drinking, so we'll just I'll, we we'll just water down your drinks, basically. Mm. Well, maybe you should water um, down the first one. So. I he that was a mistake on his part. I was like, honey, too strong. That's not that's that's a me drink, not an alley drink. And he thought it was catch me in the corner drinking hilarious. my choco milk or something. <laughs> no. uh, you will be just taking catch, pictures and yeah, being a little me, gremlin that you are. Catch me in the corner under the table, hanging out with the cat. Yeah, with a with a with a wine bottle, an empty wine bottle, huh, huh Allie? No, they didn't give me any wine. No, they g- we gave the a hard alcohol. That was probably mm-hmm. the mistake. Yeah, we made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, we had pluggables we needed to, to make happen. Yes. I, I will, we will, I feel like me and I are going to plug the same well, thing. Well, we, we have this, I mean, I was just going to buy books from independent bookstores. Do not you buy books. You know what's a great way to buy books? Do not, you know do not great... buy books from that which shall not be named. Do you know what a, a great way to buy books and, and, and help independent bookstores and also this podcast? <gasps> Kat, I feel like you know. Oh my God, is it bookshop? Bookshop.com? <gasps> org? It's org. Oh, org, fucking so sorry. I threw, I threw, underhanded it to you, and you still <laughs> and you just spiked it, whiffed it. You spiked it I into the it. floor. I missed it and broke it. <laughs> hey guys, no, I'm an Brutal. influencer. Now you can't rag on me for being old and not knowing technology because I'm an influencer just with books. Fuck you. You said it. Um, you are that still old, and you do still not understand yeah. technology. You had to have your boyfriend help you. I don't care. I'm an influencer. We're lucky to have the microphone plugged yeah, in. Yeah, we y'all. sure are. <laughs> there was a solid five minutes where Katarina could not hear us roast her because she could not hear anything. I can't hear. Why can't I hear them? I can't hear them, Brandon. It happened last time. It's just like last time. Yeah, fuck, that's you, fuck you both. <laughs> fuck you both. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail warned me that you would say that, so. Yes. That's rude. That's rude, Abigail. Yes. I'll remember that later well, when, I'm, not when I'm paying you. <laughs> eh. Eh. Are you going to say, eh. I'm a widow stinker? No, I was going to say, I'm a widow scam. <laughs> but you know what I'm thinking now? In my head, it just popped in my head. I'm like, dear God, when's the next payroll? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that constant to-do list where you're like, oh, wait. Oh, oh wait! Oh God! I have to do the LSI upload. Anyways, <laughs> this hey hey hey! Shut up! Yep 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 yep! Mm-hmm. Shut up! Please keep that in. What? <laughs> fucking finishing the plug zone. We're ending this episode. We're gonna go to fucking part two, and y'all are gonna stop talking about work. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, but okay. In between, I have support to local bookstores and the local podcast. Abigail, me, me, the local <laughs> podcast. By going to bookshop.org slash shop slash kingdom of thirst. It's in the description. Go there. Buy books. Thank wait, you. Wait, wait, hand up, hand up. 
I'm going to help are, you. Do you do, are you going to be responsible? Yes, I'm going to be responsible. Okay. I'm going to talk about – I'm going to talk about, one, you should definitely support your independent bookstore by supporting the actual bookstore. But if you do not have an independent bookstore around you or you just want to support Abigail, which you should because she is phenomenal and works really hard to put this content out, um, bookshop.org actually oh, does – a lot for independent bookstores and and they give us part yeah. of the profit in a way that uh, Libro FM is also an independent audiobook um, company that gives part of the profit to the independent bookstores. So I know the world is changing and audiobooks and ebooks are definitely a huge part of our industry, but remember there are ways that you can still pay it forward to independent bookstores and support them. It doesn't necessarily have to come from the same company that shall not be named. Thank you. Have a good day. It's true. It's true. And all of the books that are available through bookshop.org, which is about 95% of the books that I feature on the, on the podcast, um, they're they're all there. Everything else, I, I, I do include the Amazon links because I do want you to read these books. I do want you to support these authors. But if, they've, if it's available through bookshop.org, you bet uh, that's the link I'm putting in there. Um, yes. Okay. You said the name. Of the thing. Yeah, but there are some authors who are only yeah. on there. And only they, or there. they release yeah. things that are exclusives. Like in the last episode that we released, uh, The Shif- Shifters, baby. Um, that one. Is that what it was uh, called? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Anyways, continue. Um, it, uh, I, the, the book by Talia Hibbert, Mating the Huntress, that was an, in, that was a Kindle exclusive. Um, so, you know. Is that the I, name I, of the book? Yeah. Why though? I love it. It's about a werewolf. Yeah, baby. Whittles. Ow! You're welcome. What do you? Hey, what are you? What are you being judgy about on this podcast? That's true. I'm not being judgy. I just is. She, wait, is it a lady werewolf? No, it's a male werewolf, and he is a whittler is and an artisan. Her? No. If it was no. queer, Allie would be all over it. Yeah. Okay, but I'm okay, confused. Listen to the podcast. Who's the the huntress is the is is the the the, the heroine the, the the female the love interest. Why is she hunting the werewolf? the werewolf? Well, because he's a fucking werewolf, dog. Yeah, put it, put him down until he gives her a Why good dicking. Why are you judging him for him being a werewolf? That's a good question. Maybe you should read the fucking book, Allie. <laughs> Maybe I could just listen to your podcast and get the. Maybe you could also just read. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could just do that of the book from your yes. podcast. <laughs> You guys. Yes, we're we supposed to end this like five minutes we're ago. We're trying to end it. Okay, so it's... excited to see what gets it, what stays it. Like, like really, probably most of it. Probably frankly, none of this. Uh, I will never be able to listen to this episode because that would involve listening to my own voice, and I think I would just jump out of a window. You wouldn't even have to push me, Abigail. I would jump. <laughs> well, as long as your lungs survive. Uh, okay. <laughs> Put some bubble wrap around them. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Anyway, end of that episode. You know, I was thinking about chewing on seaweed today, and that's what I, a bit what I imagine what chewing on like bronchi would be like. Seaweed, really? Crash, 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 crash. No, you know the seaweed that that washes up. It, I find it's called bull seaweed. Chewing the seaweed that washes up from the ocean. And you know the really thick someone, yes. the really girthy kind. Yes. yes, I have thought about that. With those juicy, sinful bulbs at the end. Yes, I want to make an outfit out of it. I would like to wear it. Yeah.
Oh, yeah. good tea. Crunch, crunch. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Uh, cool. Fuck seaweed. I- I'm ending what? this podcast. Okay. Uh, I have a couple <laughs> of things. Twitter. Kingdom of Thirst. Or Kingdom Thirst. There's no of. I'm sorry. Uh, Kingdom <laughs> Thirst. Abigail K. Kelly. We're Kingdom Thirst everywhere else. Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Whatever the hell you want to do. Twitter's more fun, but whatever. Um, we have a Discord. The link is in there as well. It's fun. Uh, today, actually, I want to say, I want to put a shout out because uh, one of the listeners who was in the Discord, Kin, um, listened to today's episode and made <laughs> made this beautiful uh, uh, Photoshop, and it is a... a Cereal oh, box no. that says "Oops, all shifters." Um, it's very, <laughs> oh, very good. Very, it's very love good. That. That's Come join the fun. It's it's a blast. Everyone's really cool, um, ex- except for that one shifters. guy, but he's not there anymore. Uh, <laughs> and um, yes, it would be really helpful if you could hit follow if you're on Spotify. I know that it's really easy to listen and not do that. It's they they kind of don't force you to follow, but it helps if you do. Um, also, like give notification for for when the the new episode drops. On top of that. You can listen anywhere. I don't know where you're listening to this. doesn't really matter to me. But if you are listening on a platform that allows you to rate and review or one of those things or both of those things, please do that. That's helpful. Share it with your friends. That's also helpful. Um, yeah, that's about all I need. We're going we're gonna to do the second part of this, this dang diddly episode here. And um, we'll see you next week. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.